0: You guys doing all right? Two people are doing okay. These bookmarks don't work out the way you planned them to. Thank God for Bible drills. Anybody do Bible drills when you were a kid? Two people that don't want to admit it. One person who wants to admit it. I did something as a kid called Bible drills, and it was basically Bible memorization. And um, Then it turned into this weird competitive thing where you ended up lying about the fact that you found the book of Bible that you didn't find. And At least that's how it ended up for me. Um, but, you know, God redeems so many things, and um, he redeemed Bible drills for me. So when the bookmark doesn't work out, I still know where Ephesians is. (laughs) So he can do that. He has a way of doing that. Um, I want to read two things tonight. And um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Ephesians um, chapter 6. If you didn't do Bible drifts, you might not know where it is. It's on page 908 in my Bible, but that won't really help you. Also, I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation, so that might not help you either. And uh, our our open source um, Bible software just has not caught up to the fact that the Passion Translation exists. So apologize, we don't have it on the screen for you either. Um, but you can also listen. Um, as we were worshiping tonight i felt like this this passage came to mind and it's kind of um just confirming some things that the lord's been speaking in the past week um to a number of us and even just um, some things that came up at our last leaders meeting and uh i think i don't know if you're aware of this this theme tonight but of of really um believe as we were worshiping god's just inviting us into the victory that we have in him and that we would actually um, have an increased awareness of of the, that reality. And um, the fact that when Jesus said it's finished, it, it truly was finished and that uh, when scripture says that he's seated in victory above every principality, that that actually is true. And um, I believe that heaven... Itself is um, is pouring out resources to get us to know that um, that we actually are part of a battle that 's already been won it's weird because um, someone said it 's the weirdest battle ever because um, it 's already been won and yet we still have to fight and I feel like part of um, what God wants to bring us into, uh, maybe for some, an awareness of tonight, for others, the reminder of tonight, um, but for all of us, and this goes back to the, the word about motivation, I think, the, the drive and motivation for tonight is that, we're in a battle, and that, that battle has already been won, but we still have to fight. And, um, I think the, the picture that came to mind and part of why I want to read this, um, actually, let's just go ahead and read it first, and then I'll explain Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. <clears throat> and this is that reminder. It says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us. Say complete. Say provided for us. The work's been done. The work's been done. So that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all of the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Amen. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. That you, Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as you, your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies, and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers, and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. Yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. Even though I'm chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. Um, many of us have heard this passage and all the parts of the armor and what they are and what they're for. And um, I just felt like tonight, you know, maybe it's a bit of a rebuke for us and um, hopefully we're okay for to be able to hear that from God. But I, I feel like the picture is that Um, God has given us this armor for a battle that he's already won and he's called us to participate with him in. Um, But for many of us, or at least maybe in many moments in our lives, we're still... um, It's not that we don't have the armor, but we might be walking around with this armor that is ours, but we're not really using it and we're actually... In situations where it's not even relevant, if that makes sense. Um, Meaning, like, you wouldn't um, wear armor to go to work. And it's not that work's not a fight, trust me. (laughs) But it's like we are not aware of the situation, or we're putting ourselves in a situation that is less than. Um, the battle that we're actually in and so we have the armor it's there it's been given to us and I know people talk about putting it on and that's what it says here to wear it Um, and there is this active part in that but it's been given to us and I feel like God's saying you have it it's yours Um, but maybe you aren't aware that you need to use it or you're in a Um, you're going through the situations where you actually need the armor as if you don't. Does that make sense? And I just feel like the grace of the Lord is saying (laughs) it's time to fight. It's time to fight. Whether it's the things in your life that you aren't currently seeing victory over, whether it's circumstantial, whether it's for the people around you, the things that are not moving, budging, um, the things that are coming at you. And the reality of this is that, they're you know, not to freak you out, but the enemy, he's fully engaged. Like, he doesn't need this reminder. Do you realize that? The reminder is for us. The enemy doesn't need the reminder because that's his full-time job is to accuse, and to feed the lies, and to get us to doubt, to get us to shrink back in fear. That's his full-time job. That's his focus. He's fully set on that. But you know why? Part of it's because he's losing, and he gets that reminder every day as well. He's losing. He's lost, and he's losing. So the word, the reminder is for us that we've won and we're winning. And we need that reminder. Because we can get lulled to sleep. And I'm just speaking from experience. We can get lulled to sleep. And if we go a day without realizing that we're in the battle, if we go a day without using the armor that God won for us, then something's wrong. We're missing the reality that we're in. And I just feel like God is saying, if we would take hold of what we have, we would begin to see a difference. And that's what this passage is about. You know, we're not the first ones to need the reminder. That's why it's in here. We're not the first ones to need the reminder that we have something to fight with. And there is a battle that we're in. And so God is saying, take hold of, engage in this fight. Realize that I have equipped you with what you need to be victorious. And I feel like prayer, prayer is, is um, part of how we wage war. And that's why at the end of the armor, there's this call to prayer and it's, it's it's how we fight. We fight through prayer. Because our prayers do actually change things. Because our prayers matter. I think even our worship tonight is a prayer to God. A prayer of faith. A prayer of just the reality of who he is. And even our warfare, you know, it's not... It's not enemy-centric. I just want you to know that, okay? We're in a battle, but it's not enemy-centric. And in fact, just like that song we sang, it's the name of Jesus that changes things. So your fight is actually to God, with God. Are you with me? You're not fighting against God. You're fighting with God. So don't lose sight of that. Like the armor comes from God, it's the armor of God and so we are fighting with God, from God in this fight you're not alone in it, and if you think you are, that's just the enemy lying again (laughs) and so actually one of the most powerful things we can do is focus on who he is focus on who God is. (laughs) Because the enemy already knows that as well. (laughs) And the reason that he's trying to get us to lose sight of that is because he knows it. And he knows that when we see Jesus for who he is, that he doesn't stand a chance. (laughs) He doesn't stand a chance. And when we begin to step into what we have, he doesn't stand a chance. And when the church together begins to rise up and to move as one, he doesn't stand a chance. And when we begin to praise God in the middle of things that don't seem praiseworthy, he doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, it's <laughs> This is real. <laughs> I just might... I just might. Water first. Stay hydrated in the battle, folks. All right? I want to read another passage along with this, and it's Second um, Timothy 1. And I asked the Lord where to go today for myself, and that's where he took me. And I thought it was funny that he took my wife there as well, and so we just um we didn't really exchange notes, but we just had a little laugh about it in um second timothy um it says heaven's urgency it's the title in and um the passion translation, and I think that's really what we're talking about it's it's the Uh, urgency of heaven right now in us um, getting a grasp of that. And I'm just going to read, I'm going to read the first part of chapter one and share a few things and we're going to, we're going to pray together into this. from Paul, an apostle Jesus, the Messiah, appointed by God's pleasure to announce the wonderful promise of life found in Jesus, the the anointed Messiah. My beloved son, I pray for a greater release of God's grace, love, and total well-being to flow into your life from God, our Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. You know that I've been called to serve the God of my fathers with a clear conscience. Night and day, I pray for you, thanking God for your life. I know that you have wept for me, your your spiritual father, and your tears are dear to me. I can't wait to see you again. I am filled with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother, Lois, who passed it on to your dear mother, Eunice, and it's clear that you too are following in the footsteps of their godly example. He says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. So never be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor be embarrassed over my imprisonment. But overcome every evil with the revelation of the power of God. He gave us resurrection life and drew us to himself by his holy calling on our lives. And it wasn't because of any good we had done, but by his divine pleasure and marvelous grace that confirmed our union with the anointed Jesus even before time began, this truth is now being unveiled by the revelation of the anointed Jesus, our life giver, who has dismantled death, obliterating all its effects on our lives, and has manifested his immortal life in us by the gospel. I want to um, jump ahead and read one more part it's in chapter 2 it says in verse 3 overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus the anointed one for every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of the world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him an athlete who doesn't play by the rules will never receive the trophy so remain faithful to God The farmer who labors to produce a crop should be the first one to be fed from its harvest. Okay. Um, So just two things, and the second one is something I want us to pray into tonight. I'm going to start with the the second part of that in in chapter 2. And he says, overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier in Jesus. And again, going back to that, um, it's what we're talking about. He says, don't get caught up in things that are relevant for the battle that you're in, for the call that's on your life, for the fight that, that God has brought you into, the victory that he has for you. And I think that's our biggest struggle, isn't it? Getting distracted. Thinking it's fun and games, we can have fun. There can be games, but we're in a battle. And so tonight, I just I want us to pray into that. And um, you know, he says two more things there. He talks about an athlete. I'd been reading this same group of three analogies the last couple weeks, and to be honest, I still don't fully grasp. Um, what the analogy means, so i 'm just going to put that out there, um, but I think it's really interesting there 's something there for us um, i don 't know think about it okay but um i think i don 't know the last one on here is interesting to me. The farmer who labors to produce a crop should be the first one to be fed from its harvest. And I think there's something there where God is actually saying, um, this this can be fun, this can be um, joy-filled, this can be um, something that you get to um, experience delight in. Does that make sense? He says the farmer should actually be the first one to taste the crop. And I feel like part of that is that actually God is wanting us to experience part of the first fruits of victory. And as we do, that there's something that will happen there that's actually going to stir in us even further the desire to fight more. And not just on our behalf, but on others' behalf. Like, he wants you to thrive... He wants you to have the victory, because you can't actually walk in victory on someone else's behalf until you've had it first. And so the victory of Jesus is first for your life, because when it hits your life, then it can be for someone else's life through you. And that's why, as the church, we need to experience the victory, because how is Baltimore going to experience the victory if the church... The one that knows, the one who is victorious, hasn't experienced, isn't walking in the the awareness of the victory that we have. You guys are making it hard for me. No, I'm just kidding. In the best way possible. Like, I complain about it being silent, and then I get some noise, and it's like, I'm not used to this. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Maria's like you're getting what you asked for so deal with it so we're going to pray for that we're going to pray for personal breakthrough because as we experience that I believe there will be greater breakthrough for the people beyond us Um, with that I want to flip back to what he says at the beginning of this in 2 Timothy 1 Some writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. And I just feel like that's um, a good place for us to end tonight, is to to pray that for each other. Um, And I I don't know exactly what Paul was referring to in this letter, but I feel like... um, what we can pray for together is that what God has deposited in us and in the, in the realm of what we're talking about tonight, the things he's given to us, the, the armor that we have, the, the things we have to actually fight with, the gifts of God on our behalf, that, um, that there would be a rekindling, there would be a, even a growing desire in us to use those things. And even to remember what we have, um, to appreciate what we have, to desire more than what we have, and to use it. And so I want to pray that together for each other. Can we do that? You guys got okay to pray? So it's part of, if you want to fight, we've got to pray. So um, I want us to, to do this together corporately. Um, so Paul said laying on hands. Um, we believe in that here. So without getting weird, what I just want us to be able to do is put our hand on the shoulder of the person next to us. So you can hold hands with the people on your row. And I want us to pray that together. Um, stand up. Everybody stand up. That's a good posture for battle. Stand, right? Um, there you go. This is... This, this, the, that works. Um, and I just want us to pray that. I want us to pray that the, the flame of God and his gifts in us would be kindled tonight. That the Holy Spirit would breathe. Because um, a flame needs oxygen. And the Holy Spirit the wind of God, we just want to pray that the wind of God would breathe new life, would fan that flame, that God and, and the Spirit of God would, would highlight, would remind us of what we have, that we would gain focus tonight on who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. So just spend a minute to pray that. We just ask for more, Lord. More, Lord. For your glory, for your kingdom, God. And God, I pray that you would Help each of us to know how we can maintain this flame, how we can actually contribute to it growing, and that's what he says. He says, he says, I encourage you to fan into flame. So we have a part in this. We have a part in this to protect and to encourage. What you're doing and what you want to do, and I just believe that um, so much of that is just us being open, being receptive, being willing. Like Cynthia prayed before us, giving you our yes. I feel like the yes is part of how we fan that flame. God is the one who initiates; He always has, and it's it's always going to be that way. That's the gospel. And we respond. And we respond. And so tonight, God, we respond. We respond to your call on our lives. I thank you that the very fact that you have given us the armor says that that we've been deemed worthy for the fight. We've been deemed worthy for the fight. Worthy to be bearers of the victory that is in your name. Just as we are bearers of your name. And so, Jesus, thank you for choosing us. (laughs) We're an unlikely bunch, but in your wisdom and in your power, we are powerful. Help us to see that, God. And God, I pray that together we would rise up into greater purpose, God, greater victory this year. greater revelation of who you are of your light that cannot be denied of your goodness that overcomes all evil of your steadfast love that never gives up And so God we fix our eyes on you we fix our eyes on you knowing that when we do we are winning. We are winning. We are winning. In Jesus' name. We pray.